sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here uh, in a new... uh, You can probably hear that I'm in a new place, uh, new types of echoes, new sounds. I hope this sort of freshens up your ears, uh, some new noises, you know, bouncing around in this new place that I'm in, uh, a place that unknown to anyone. Uh, haven't, haven't mentioned it. I don't even think Tony, I think it's, I think people are going to be shocked to find out that I'm living in a new house and, uh, they're going to, their, their minds are going to be blown because what, how did you do that? How did you get there? You can live in a different house. You can go different <laughs> places. You could be in another uh, thing and still record the show. What kind of apparatus did you have to move? Well, let me tell you, I've been moving these apparatuses all over the damn place today, trying to figure out how to record this stupid thing, Tony. It's uh, been a struggle for the last 45 minutes trying to figure this shit out. Holy shit, we have been working on this for 45 minutes. Who, who knew? Um, but we think we've got it sorted and we should have a, um, a show for you. Fingers crossed we get yes. it done. Yeah, free content. Right back at you. Another, another week of content. We, are, are we not going to miss a week even though I drove across the entire country? Are we just going to keep pumping this shit out? Is, it, it's, is this an every week? It's going to happen every week. We didn't take a Christmas break. No, we're doing it for the people. We're giving the people Jeez. what they want, and we're the two people, and we want to record, so we're doing it. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're the people who get what we want. Nobody, nobody else really gets anything they want. It's just us. Thank now, God. There is going to be a slight change for today's show because we're actually recording on the day that we release for a change. So today we are going to. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks! Yeah, so thanks for that, Bill O'Reilly. We are going to do the fucking thing live, and the fucking thing does suck. But we'll at least get you a show, and it'll be out at a reasonable time. We won't be spending five days editing this puppy, so you have to deal with our ums, our ahs, and our stuttering. And perhaps and for, our, our technical and issues. And for once, I could actually, I could actually focus on, on the the things happening at this moment, for example, right? It's January 4th. It's 7.45 p.m. Pacific. (laughs) And we can think about what's happening in the world right now. Instead of me saying something like, hey, you remember the McCloskeys? You know, and that was, and then five days later, everyone's like, "Who the fuck is that? Are those people dead? <laughs> are they like, what? Who's their kid? Is Tony really related to them?" Now we, now we know everything that's happening in real, in real time. So, what is happening today, Tony? Let's do a news segment real quick. What was going on today, uh, January fourth, seven forty-five p.m. The only guy I can think that probably isn't always in the news that seems to be making some news right now is this feller named Donald Trump. He's back in it again. Uh, he might be out of it by tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, we never hear from this guy, so I thought we should at least mention Donald Trump in the news on January 4th. I don't remember what he was doing, though. Something bad, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be terrible. I'm sure he's, he's going to try and sue somebody for something that he probably did wrong, something that he probably said that was against the law, somebody he tried to intimidate into changing results that... Um, were perfect. Ooh. They were perfect results. Just... They were the best results ever. They were perfect. The best. Nobody's ever seen better or bigger results coming out of Georgia. 
Yeah, I did just look up what he's been doing, and uh, I, apparently he's been very busy um, doing things in the uh, U.S. presidential election. So um, do not write to us and tell me what I was – actually, do write to us and tell me what I was wrong about uh, with Donald Trump. Feel free to send us an email, uh, show at gmail.com, and tell me what Donald Trump did today on January 4th, uh, 2021. Uh, Tony um, had a big week this week. I thought we should cover it a little bit, even though when you asked me how the drive went, I could not come up with anything more than like, <laughs> it was fine. So uh, It was I less bad than talk. I thought. That, that was your response. Yeah, it, not as bad as I thought. It went better than I expected. Uh, Tony, I did drive across the country. Uh, I, I'm going to give a spoiler away. Uh, I am living in Las Vegas for the next few months. Uh, if you come to Las Vegas, number one, don't come to Las Vegas because you're probably going to get on an airplane and you shouldn't do that. Uh, but if you do come to Las Vegas, let me know and I will say hi to you from inside my house because I'm not actually going out to see anyone. I'm here to enjoy the weather. And um, uh, we have some friends out here, of course, our friend Brian uh, and and his lovely wife live out here and their children. So trying to catch up with them from a, from a safe distance uh, as much as we can. But uh, we did drive across the country um, from the Chicago area. Uh, to Las Vegas, something I said I would never do many years ago, but <laughs> Lord knows we're in an unusual time. And I did it, and we made it, and nothing horrible happened. I even returned the rental car today, and then they priced it. This is the one thing that I thought immediately would go wrong, was they would say, oh, that's actually going to be $1 million for that. And uh, was it a million dollars? Because of it the amount exactly of miles? It was exactly the amount... It was exactly the amount they said it would be. What? Because I had, I had unlimited miles. Oh. So it was actually <laughs> the exact amount of an amount much less than $1 million uh, to drive a Kia Optima uh, 2,200 miles. Now, you didn't, of course, get the car that you were hoping for. You were hoping to get a free upgrade, no. as we all do with anything in the hospitality industry. We're all looking for a free upgrade. Were you able to pack all your junk in the trunk? And how, like, zero to ten scale, how clear was the rear vision mirror? Because I could, I could imagine you and your lovely wife having that, that Kia Optimum packed to the point where the rear vision mirror is useless. It's a zero on that scale. Perhaps I'm wrong. Rearview, Perhaps you traveled rearview light. Was clear. We traveled light. Um, wow. My my uh, my wife is a good packer. Uh, we did not we did not stuff this car to the gills. It was it was fine. I mean, it was packed for sure. I mean, it it was um you know you kind of had to you had to really push to close the door, <laughs> but we weren't stacking up. Was the was the reason we didn't want to cover up the rear view. Um, I was not interested in getting tailgated for 50 miles by some guy in a F-350 Punisher truck driving over my head, trying to kill me, um, that in, in the middle of Oklahoma, that was not something I wanted to do. I wanted to know when the Punisher truck was <laughs> barreling down the left lane at 95 <laughs> miles an hour, um, you know, careening off the side of the road, managed to see all those guys and get over, um, no problem. And I was even able to fit a few beers in there. Thank goodness. So there's, um, there was room. There was room for me to sneak a couple of, a couple of four packs jammed in there. But well, that, that's the uh, question was, I had for you. What was the? Can I set? I'm, I'm going to take a guess at how many beers that you've actually packed, um, because I was I'm thinking, right next to them. Yeah. Okay. Don't don't um 
don't turn on your camera, I'm going to take a guess. I'm, I'm going to say you needed to leave room for clothes so you didn't take your whole cellar, and I mean your whole basement full of beers. So you left some coconut at home, you left some big stouts at home, some of them, not all of them. Um, I don't think you would have bought a huge amount of beer, but I'm going to put it over a case. I'm going to say you actually took 36 beers. No, not even close. Tony, one thing you're forgetting is I'm picking up 50 beers from here because I have my Horace membership uh, pal. Of course. <laughs> is here handing me 50 coconut stouts. So me bringing 30 coconut stouts to uh, to <laughs> then absorb 50 coconut stouts makes a dri- the drive home would be even more dicey. Um, so no, I actually only brought, I don't know, what are we looking at? Like seven or eight beers, really? Wow. Um, with the expectation, with with two things to keep in mind, Tony. So I brought like my, pro- I brought the prop. I brought a couple revs. Um, I brought a, I brought a vanilla Abraxas for whatever reason. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Why not? Um, just, just just downstairs shoving stuff into a six pack holder. Um, but one thing to remember was that while uh, <laughs> I really wish Kelly wasn't in this room, but while I was while I was descending the mountain. In Sedona, I was finalizing my burial order <laughs> to get delivered to the house in my in my new my new place. Um, so, no worries. We should have a nice stock <laughs> arriving. Uh, all my friends like, wow, it's so beautiful here. I'm like, oh, yeah, huh? yeah. There's another half collab. Got to get that um, <laughs> now. <laughs> See, I actually thought it wouldn't have been all coconut stouts. I, I would have thought a fair portion of the beers that I, I was thinking that you would travel with would have been Chicago-centric lagers or Calabars or similar. Yeah. Well, the, the other situation I, I came to realise was that I could acquire lager, very good lager, along the way very easily, um, which I actually have. I, I did. We, we stopped at Red House in Phoenix and picked up some lagers. Um, when we were at American Solera, I just drank lager there. Um, so it really didn't run into any issue with lager. I, I had to sort of dial in my, myself and say, there's a lot of good lager in the, on the West coast in, uh, even in Vegas craft house makes some good pills. So, uh, no need for me to bring 24, uh, fly, fly wheels or, uh, heliostats, the, the heart will grow fonder, you know, as we as we get back over there. So fair enough. I suppose it isn't gloop where you're not going to get a similar product when you return home. When when you return home, Heliostat is still going to be pretty much the same Please. beer as when you left. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, as long as they don't close the damn place, the freaking landlords don't close the stupid place. We should be fine. But yeah, um, no, yeah, we kept it. We kept it light on the beer. Picked up a couple. Um, managed to, you know, show some restraint. Um, and did not did not pack the car full of imperial stout, just a few imperial stouts. But so uh, you, we, uh, yeah. So you're going to actually leave the heavy lifting to the postman or the FedEx dude, rather than for you to carry in out of the car. That's really smart in saving your back, rather yeah. than um, relying on somebody else, rather than doing it yourself. Rely on somebody else to hurt their back. I like yeah, your I, I would love for uh, I, nothing makes me feel better than thinking about the FedEx man getting paid thirteen dollars an hour um, to carry my fifty-pound beer box 
uh, to have his to get deunionized in Wisconsin or something, and get a hernia doing it, and then uh, have to f- try to file with the FedEx insurance, and they decide that it's not a, a work actually a work related injury that he actually had a pre existing condition of backitis. And uh, they can't cover uh, his medicine or, or uh, any sort of surgery. So, yeah, I like thinking about that because I ordered um, whatever I fucking chocolate croissant stout or something. Oh, that so, sounds uh, delicious. Yeah, that was good, actually. Um, so maybe it was worth it, really. Um, but, yeah, the drive was good, Tony. I, I did want to shout out a couple places we went. Um, one was American Solera in Tulsa, which is uh, which actually kept their patio open, even though it was, I don't know, 40 40 some odd degrees, 45, 50 degrees in Tulsa. Um, it was a, a lovely patio, a stunning brewery and tap room that I couldn't sit. Well, I could sit in, but I'm not nuts. So I didn't. Um, a beautiful tap room. Uh, I had to pop in to grab my beers. And even that was sort of an anxiety building moment when I was inside for 90 seconds to get my beers. But um, that went great. Delicious beers, great stout. Um, also, Arizona Wilderness in Phoenix had a beautiful, huge, huge outdoor patio. Uh, that place felt a lot like Half Acre, and their beers were wonderful too. Um, so, a couple great breweries we got to stop at. Oh, also a place called Greenwood that had a nice, uh, nice pills as well in, in Phoenix. So, those were the only places we we went to. Tony, everything else was either picked up or delivered to whatever Airbnb we were staying in. Um, the only places we stopped at were actual brewery patios. So I think that kind of validates that breweries are the ones who seem to have the right, um, feel for what this really should be. Um, which is if you're going to do anything, you better do it outside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've actually been able to get together with a few friends, Australia being in a slightly Mm -hmm. different situation than a few of your states that you were traveling in, but gee, it's reassuring Mm -hmm. to be sitting outside rather than indoors in a bar, um, oh God! Even though the science backs that up, just to actually physically do that, rather than have having to go in play, into places, is a lot more reassuring. And even though we are able to do some sit down dining indoors, I still prefer, if I can, yeah. to be seated outdoors and well spaced. Yep, agree. Um, yeah, and in Phoenix, why wouldn't you? Right? I mean, in Phoenix, it's ni- it's even nicer than it is here. It's sixty. 65, 70 degrees all the time, uh, right now anyways. And why would you want to do anything indoors in a crowded bar? Beats the hell out of me. Um, so we, we, had a, we had a decent time. The drive was, was fine. We only had one really, really long day from Tulsa to Albuquerque um, and, and survived it. And the Kia Optima ran the whole way. They did not charge me anymore for it. And now I am safely... Um, in Las Vegas, uh, didn't even have to go inside the Golden Nugget really to drop the car off. Thank God. Well, and, uh, that was a fear of yours. So we dodged that too. Oh, so yeah, you were able to get away from from stepping inside a casino because a casino is not a place where you want to be um, stepping into right now. To be fair, I'll say the I, if you can keep distance in the casino, I think it. I think they refresh the air in that place every half second about. Um, because it always smells like that fucking perfume or whatever they're pumping into those places. At least the Golden Nugget does. Um, I did have to. I didn't have to step into the casino. I had to walk into the um, what's that called? Like the the um, the little the entryway, I guess. 
that's where the budget yep. rental car thing is. It's <laughs> just in the entryway of the door of the of the outside of the garage of the golden nugget. Um, so, but no, I didn't have to get even within you know 150 feet of a slot machine. So. Uh, no problems there. Even had my KN95 mask on, and actually the guy never even came, so I just left the slip on the desk and ran away. So, uh, perfect. A flawless drop-off uh, by me, and now I have to go back there this weekend and get a car again for the weekend. So, um, good to know. That'll be easy, uh, and that's really the, that's all the news I have about the drive, Tony. I don't have any, I, I, do you have any, do you have any other interesting topics about driving across the country? It takes a long time, is what I would say, <laughs> would be my advice about driving across the country is you can do it. Uh, if you could fly, I would recommend flying above driving, but you can't. So driving is fine. Um, the scenery is not mind blowing. Driving through the entire state of Oklahoma is exactly what you think it is. Uh, you won't be surprised by anything you encounter. Um, while just careening through the state of Oklahoma, other than you had to pay fifteen dollars in tolls in Oklahoma, that that you might that might surprise you, but it's not a good surprise. So, well, we cool. we have long distance trips um, in um, in Australia, that's for sure. But isn't the whole thing about long distance trips overblown? If you're comfortable sitting with somebody in your home for nigh on nine months now, surely being trapped in a smaller space for a week, and I know it didn't take you guys quite a week, it's not that big a drama, is it really? No, we didn't have, we didn't argue one time. Uh, everything was fine. We just kept driving. Uh, there is nothing different about being in the car than there was in being in our house. We now live in a smaller house than we did in our old house, so we're even closer to each other. In fact, you know, for better or for worse. <laughs> um, but uh, we're, uh, it was not stressful, really. Um, we didn't drive at night even. We, we took enough stops that we didn't even have to drive at night in the middle of nowhere. So, um, no, there, I think it's overblown that it's going to make you freak out, that you might go nuts. Um, I know that, but at the same time, I also know that, that you know, Kelly and I are extremely easygoing people. So, if you're a little more high strung, you might go nuts. Um, I can't relate to that. I just kept going, and then we were, and it was done, and I was eating a pokey or whatever in Albuquerque, so it was great. Um, no what? problems there either. All the food we ate was very good. So. What What is a pokey? Is that like a poke bowl? Is that po what you were po talking? Poke. Sorry, I was just saying pokey because that's how Guy Fieri says it. Okay, I think it's funny. I thought this was some re regional. Um, no. Oklahoma snack like a Runzer is in Nebraska. It's, it's cut up pieces of Pokey the horse uh, from Gumby. They cut, they slice him up, and they they throw him into a tortilla. And that's called the Albuquerque burrito, and it tastes like flour um, and salt. Yeah, no, we actually did get breakfast burritos in Albuquerque too, because um, they have like the green and red sauce or. Whatever. I don't know if you've seen it. Like, yeah, I have. But when you were ordering it on Door, DoorDash, it kept saying, like, do you want green? You can get red. You can get Christmas. I was like, what the hell is Christmas? It's just Both. half and half. Yep. That sounds um, delicious. Did you get Christmas? I did get Christmas, yes. And uh, it was delicious. And the funniest thing was that they're, instead of having, like, check boxes for their DoorDash things where you could combine the items you wanted in your burrito, they made a entry for every combination you could get. So it was like potato and bacon, potato and beans, potato and beans and bacon, potato and bacon and, and whatever. And it's just like every, 
So, so they, I mean, whatever, if they have five combos, it's what, you know, five times four times three times two times one or whatever, however many combinations that is, you're scrolling through them all like, Jesus Christ, you guys made a lot of these, huh? Um, you could have just made checkboxes. It would have been much easier. <laughs> <laughs> but I got, I, I actually um, wasn't wasn't in the mood for eggs, so I got potato and bacon and beans and the um, in the, in like a kind of a breakfast burrito type thing and covered in the green and red it was delicious sounds good very good yeah so tony um that's the excitement going on here on january 4 2021 at eight o'clock p.m um <laughs> oh, mere hours before this show is released in fact because uh, tomorrow it's it might only be january 5th assuming this show comes out um well but i just want to say you're saying it's january 4th I'm here sitting in my seat talking to you at the same time. We're not getting a delay now. And my computer says it's Tuesday, January 5th right Whoa! now at 3.04 p.m. How's that yeah, for tricky? I thought about – I did think about uh, calling you when we were in Sedona for New Year's and just sort of pestering you on on New Year's Day, being like, how is it over there? You know, like I was half drunk, so uh, <laughs> well, acting like a loser. Well, it would have been fine after New Year's. I had a fairly light New Year's and, and actually went out drinking on New Year's Day. That's how light um, New Year's night was. I just saw midnight. But Boxing Day was a train wreck for me. Um, oh, yeah. And you know the train wreck that was the last show we recorded before <laughs> before um, you left it's uh, a classic state of Illinois because I listened back to that editing thinking I thought I did a decent job and then I actually listened to it and thinking oh boy grifted everything there I was out of it completely <laughs> I don't always <laughs> speak a lot but I sometimes ask a, a decent question that show grifted everything boy was yeah. I terrible but boy was That's I hung over and, and it's a bad idea to have me uh, cart Cart the show along. Now we've we've learned that already from the forty episodes we've been doing. Is trying to drag this thing. I just want to mention about Boxing Day because I don't think um, you guys get it um, where you are in America as far as it being a holiday. Now it's not a massive holiday. It's just basically a a day after Christmas that is a public holiday. Even if it falls on a weekend, the next Monday you get off. But you don't really celebrate it. It's just that I always catch up with a mate. He has a hot tub and we watch the cricket and we get hammered. So that's why it was nice. a big day for me. Um, the biggest thing about Boxing Day is the sales, kind of like Black uh, Friday, but mm -hmm. up, getting rid of all their stock they didn't sell at Christmas. And the other thing is the cricket. And the cricket went ahead this year, which it wasn't look, look, looking like it was going to go ahead. So that's kind of like our Thanksgiving game. It's, it's the same... At least one of the same teams always plays in it, and it's uh, for the last fifty odd years has been at the same venue. And outside of that, it's been at that venue for the majority of time, and that's at the MCG. And it's Australia versus somebody in international te test match cricket. So um, everybody tends to watch the first day of that, even if they're not big cricket fans. Sounds great. I would love. I would love to have um, some more friends who watched uh, English football, and we could watch the Boxing Day matches and get tipsy from nine to three p.m. That sounds excellent to me. But I did. Me and Kelly just do it in our own house, so that's fine. Watch it. Watch it by <laughs> ourselves. 
Um, that's bo- Boxing Day is enough of a holiday to me. At least they play six football, football games that day. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, uh, so this week's show, Tony, which... Um, well, I've done some. I've done a lot of the heavy lifting of the pre-work. I got to say, not to pat myself on the back here, but what you did uh, four of the got, six questions. Woo. I did four things. Yep. I uh, I actually thought for a while today I didn't have to work, so that's actually really not that hard. Um, I did commit a full twenty minutes to preparing for this, and uh, we are going to do the twenty twenty drippies. Is that what we called it, Tony? It is what we called it. It. The drippies. Very beautiful, yes. And uh, it's the our awards for our favorite or not favorite or just random things in beer. Uh, and we put together a handful of awards just to, you know, congratulate some of the folks who have done a great job in the beer world or a bad job um, or just a weird job, uh, in fact. And I think a lot of us have gotten a lot of weird jobs this year. I don't know what that means, but uh, whatever that means is I think we've, we've been getting them, you know, <laughs> in a strange year. So um, we've got six categories, Tony. One, two, three, four, five, seven. Seven categories. Look at that. There you go. You did five um, of the seven. Yeah. See, now we're talking. That's a nice percentage. And uh, <laughs> I don't like how this word looks, but okay, we're going to do this. Um, yeah, we got seven categories, and uh, we're going to bust through these, and, and we're going to congratulate, and we'll be sending, of course, a uh, trophy to um, each other. I won't be sending any to any of these people, but to we will, every year we'll send each other a picture of a trophy on email to congratulate <laughs> someone on the uh, winning the award. I, I, uh, so, I think you're really starting something here. I think we should... Um, in post-pandemic times, we'll, we'll do a virtual one and we'll print out a random certificate we find online. But in non-pandemic times, I think we should set ourselves a tradition of going into an op shop, as we would call it in Australia. I think you guys would call it a thrift store. Um, oh, sure. You know, a second-hand store. Seeing if we can find something really ugly doesn't necessarily have to be a trophy. Buying it can't be over $10 and taking a photo with it with at least one of the beer nominees. And sending it to each other. Perfect. I think we should, um, and or, or we should just mail all these guys like a toaster or something. Congrats <laughs> to whoever is it. Is the cheapest toaster I could find on Amazon and spray paint just it send gold it out to you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get started here. Uh, serious business. We got we got nominees. We got award winners. I actually have not chosen my winner yet. I'm going true to form i'm going to nominate these beers and then i'm going to pick one to win uh and or we'll have tony pick one sure actually having tony do it's probably better and um just because i don't care who wins i just want to nominate him and then we'll have tony randomly pick a winner i think that's the way we're going to do this actually okay Um, and in the two great categories i wrote i will get you to pick a winner there as well because perfect all right so the winner will be chosen uh, through serious deliberation by the person who didn't write the question <laughs> or the award. And uh, here we go. So the first category I'm going to do, Tony, is the What's in My Mouth Award for the Weirdest Beer of the Year. 
Okay. And the nominees are Off Colors Beer for Pizza. Now, this beer, Tony, I did want to mention, is a cola-inspired beer. Okay, um, so like, are we talking... this actually pretty recently, yeah. Are we talking like lavender and cinnamon, all the stuff that's actually in cola? Is that, is that what they did, or it tasted like cola, or what's the go? It had cola nut and uh, like some, like, I don't know, orange peel and some other stuff. But, yes, it did taste like cola. Um, mm. Distinctly a, like, I would call it like European soda, where it was much, much less sweet than American yep. pop is. Um, it was, it was good. It was very unusual. All right. The second one I got, Tony, second nominee, Bourbon County Branched Out Caramella. It was the, uh, apple cinnamon barley. No, it's actually apple cinnamon wheat wine. Yep. Um, I think it was very lovely, but very unusual. We've talked about it. We have, and we've discussed it at length. So I'm very familiar with that one. The third one, I think, uh, I should be able to get a visceral reaction out of the person who's sitting across the room from me is a beer called Chorus, Q-O-R-I-S. It was a bourbon barrel-aged stout uh, that was too, it went a little too far, we'll say. Um, It was very, 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 very um, ashy, we'll say. Like had a um, burning... Sweet, burning flavor. Not smoky, but just like... <laughs> this it, sounds it was, atrocious. It, it went a little too far, we're going to say. How about that? It was okay. a bourbon, It was barrel-aged beer that t- went, went across the line. Um, so, But it was very unusual, and I did drink it still. I didn't yep. care. And then the fourth one we have, Tony, is called Your Mate's Brewing Company Sambo Salt and Vinegar Sour. And of course, and you spoke about this beer a while yeah. ago. And this is a beer in, in inspired or directly copying a particular brand of Sandboy potato chips, and it was a salt and vinegar beer. It wasn't a um, acidic sour that was kind of like salt and vinegar. This was straight up salt and vinegar. Um, I don't so think Tony. I've. I've got any more questions. I've got to be honest. I've got a clear winner in this. So I think it's time. Go for it. For the, the drip roll. Let's do it. And it has to be the caramella. Not because it was the weirdest thing you put in your mouth. To me, it was the actual reaction once you tasted it and how lovely you thought it was considering you thought you were going to hate it at the time and it wasn't like it astounded your expectation to change what you thought about the beer it is exactly what it said on the label but they did it right yeah that so i was torn when i was thinking about how i would choose a winner here uh would it just be the best thing i drank of these or would it just be the weirdest thing i drank see i didn't come um, at it from either of those ways i just BCBS Caramella might have been both in in that it was the best one of these, but also just I, it had the most unusual sort of, I guess, expectation. The 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 gap from expectation to execution was was very wide. Um, what I thought I was getting would be weird, but what I did get was weirder and tasted better. 
and I really enjoyed it. So I think that's a fair that's a fair selection. So congrats to those guys um, at over at Goose Island. Hopefully they hopefully they can you know keep making beer, stick around during this pandemic. You know, hopefully they have enough money to hang in there. Well, <laughs> yeah, we hope we hope <laughs> Bud can get through it all. So yeah, that's what I, that's I'm, I'm hoping for that too. All right, Tony. We want to bust through one of your uh, one of your categories here yeah. next. Um, right. I'll give you a chance to um, look at the first category I chose. I'll get you to look up mm-hmm. those beers and have a look at them. So while you're you're doing some um, frantic googling and trying to find those beers and, and that particular can art, I'll go with my other category, which is it ain't beer, but it's tasty. We're a beer show. We're a beer show. So fuck you. So, uh-huh, yeah, there are a couple of um, non-surprising entries to start, and then one that will shock you. I'm not sure whether Griff will choose it, but of course we have to nominate um, some seltzer. And I went with Bud Light seltzer. I think it is the pick of any of the craft seltzers done in America, done by a tiny little brewery. I hope it gets wider distribution. I hope they can attach somebody famous to it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really, I really think this is going to be the, li- the little seltzer company that could Bud Light seltzer, my first nomination. Yeah, we love you, Bud Light Seltzy. I actually yeah. got to see someone, uh, quick aside. I did meet my uh, buddy in St. Louis, friend of the show, Kevin, who, uh, works at Anheuser-Busch and said they're, they're building a new building for Seltzy. Well, fingers crossed that um, <laughs> they're able to continue to crack out more than a case or two a week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my next nomination is actually a, a beverage that I've had very, very recently. In, the, in fact, I had it New Year's Day, and that is Moondog Celsi. Um, it's an Australian brewery um, that um, are famous for doing dream cake, on this show at least. I, I've mentioned that beer before. Um, it was available at my local club, um, a club being a venue to raise money for our our sports club around the place, and they've got slot machines in it, and they don't normally have craft beer, but during the pandemic, they've not only got craft salsa, and in this case, it is kind of genuine craft, they've also had beer of the month, and it was a Deeds beer that they had on their wall, which just shocked me. Oh, man. They, it's, it's out of um, their core range, but they had a Deeds beer. So that, that shocked me that the club is going away from just Carlton Draft and Great Northern. So um, that's good to hear. And the last one is Reed & Co. It's a very small distillery in a town called Bright, um, and they did – I'm going to call it a liqueur. I don't know what else to call it. Um, called a mistel, and it's um, kind of a cross between a gin and a wine. It's actually using the grapes that were ga- damaged during the bushfires this year. They couldn't be used for wine production, so they got mm. together with a brewery out of uh, the Kings Valley, and they they made this um, very small batch liqueur. Um, which is delicious. Just have it with a couple of ice cubes. No mixer, no sparkling water, or no sparkling wine. It says you can do that, but I just have it um, straight on a couple of big bo- blocks of ice. They're my three nominations. Um, are you ready wow, to pick beautiful. a winner? Yeah, and you know what I'm picking. Uh, 
we couldn't let the award season go by without letting Bud Light Seltzy get one of them. Um, they have been shunned in every taste test I've seen on the internet. Uh, I do not see uh, anyone other than like mommy bloggers saying they like Bud Light Seltzer. <laughs> um, so call me a mommy blogger. Hell, I would love to be a mommy blogger. Get me on there. I'll write about every. I'll write about every fucking QVC product and tell you how good Bud Light Seltzer is. But um, I uh, I love it. I think it's the cleanest, the easiest to drink. It does not have any complexity. It doesn't have anything to it other than fucking a little bit of black cherry or whatever, and that tastes like water. And that's why I like it. I'm sure these other ones are great. I would love to try the the, the Mistel. I would love to try Moondog. I'm sure those companies are much better companies. I'm sure they're much nicer. I'm sure they're much better people. That said, we know Bud Light makes a reliable seltzer, and they deserve something for that. So congrats to... The little engine that could over at Bud Light. Um, thank you. So, who of our, our two winners so far are Anheuser-Busch. They are the <laughs> they are the, big, the heroes of the year of Wait. the Beer Engine Podcast. We love you. We love you, Mega Corps. We uh, we've talked about it all year. How much we love big corporations, the way they treat their employees, the way they treat their vendors. It's our favorite thing. So, another shout out for those guys for being so cool. Thank you. For sure. We are supporting independent brewers and the fact that it's gone to some of the smallest brewers in the world in um, Anheuser-Busch, we're, we're doing the right thing by the industry. Of course. At least it doesn't go to Surly, right? <laughs> Fuck Surly. Yeah, exactly. All right, Tony, I got another one for you. Uh, this is a, uh, a favourite award of mine to think about. Uh, this is the category I'm calling Diabetes Pedley's Pedleys? <laughs> Pedleys. We're leaving that in because this is live. Fuck it. The, the Diabetes Pedleys of the Year. <laughs> uh, these are the Diabetes Peddlers of the Year. Um, these are your my, my three. I can only pull out three out of my brain because I'm stupid. Um, these are your big-time gloop boys, your big-time mega sweet stout makers, um, and I, I would like to clarify that, you know, Tony and I are focused on things we actually drank. Um, I'd like to make that obvious. Um, so if you get on here and tell me you didn't say 450 North, you didn't say the answer, you didn't, you know, none of our listeners will do that. But if you did that, I would say, well, I didn't have any 450 North because I'm not paying $15 a can for whatever it's called, Big Titty Honkers Slushy XL or whatever. That's not yep. something I'm doing. So I'm only getting these beers because they either show up in my Tavor box or they are available at my local bottle shop. So my, my three nominees are 903 Brewers, a Texas brewery that sends me some super mega gloops. If you've been in our Discord, which you should, or you've seen on Instagram, which you can, uh, yep. you see these, these fellers are sending me the big, the big time nectar right here. It is sugary sweet. It is yummy for about six ounces, and I really do enjoy them. Uh, next up, I'm going to give a shout to our local boys at Microphone. Uh, I can't name anything in specific besides everything they make, uh, <laughs> especially their stout, which is dirt cup inspired or Oreo cookie filled or stuff with cereal or maple syrup and fried chicken 
or whatever. They are making the thick boy stouts, husky boy stouts um, for all of your big sweet fellers out there. They're doing it. A lot of them are good. A lot of them are weird, but I have enjoyed quite a few of those. So so, um, shout out to the guys over at Microphone. And lastly, I have a slight newcomer on the list. This is a brewer I haven't talked about a ton. It's called Humble Forager. They're an offshoot of Forager from Minneapolis. Um, This is actually the kind of side brand they brew at a a contract brewery in Wisconsin. And they have made a ton of yummy gloops and coconut beers uh, in a coast. the, The Coastal Sunshine brand has everything, you know, guava, mango, all, all your favorite, you know, papaya, all your favorite little musty tropical fruits. Then they're also cranking out some some sweet imperial porter with with my faves, coconut, pecans, maple syrup, all that stuff. So uh, those are my three uh, nominees for Diabetes Peddlers of the Year. They are, they got my pancreas working overtime on this shit, Tony. <laughs> so um, you have diabetes, or it's working under time. I don't know how diabetes works. One of those two things is happening with whatever's happening with these beers. So, um, Tony, pick pick your fave out of these. For me, it has to be the local boy is the winner, Microphone, because I don't know of any other beer that they produce other than Gloop. Even stuff that I think isn't going to be Gloop turns out to be Gloop. Um the standout for me is the birthday present, the birthday present beers that the the guy does for his kids. That is that is yeah. like gloop turned up to eleven. Um, it's, it's pastry pastry gloop essentially. I mean his stouts, Mike's stouts over a microphone pour like motor oil. I mean they are, uh, or, or even more accurately, I would say like. Um, dark Cairo syrup. If you're familiar with Cairo syrup, Tony. <laughs> yes, um, I am. Corn, like dark corn syrup. Dark yeah. corn syrup. Yep. Uh, yep. Those. That's what happens with those beers. I used to stop there on my way home from from an office my company had up in the north suburbs, and I would love popping in. But you you drink two of those, and your mouth just has this film. So I would have to. <laughs> so I would always pick up on the way home. I would pick up Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> to even out the sweet, I would get the saltiest shit I could purchase. I would like uh, be buying, you know, Penang curry and um, <laughs> you know some other stuff, and just and just like lighting my mouth up to try to get the sweet out of there. But um, no, microphone's a great choice. Um, it's big shout out to nine hundred three. I really only probably drank like four of their beers this year, but my god, were they funny to pour out and drink? Um, <laughs> Just, just totally opaque, like no, no light. Yeah, uh, getting through, getting through those things. It's wild. Now, I just um, recently had a deeds beer. I think I posted it up on our Instagram uh, party at the border. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the um, whether they do it in America, but the grams per liter of fruit. Um, sure, it's a it's a common um, way of doing it in Australia. They probably do ounces to ounces, or, or some other weird hands to feet, or who the fuck knows with your weird measuring system. But this had no. four hundred and twenty six grams of fruit per litre, which is a crazy yeah, amount. Yeah, that's a lot. That's oh, half yeah. a kilo. That's a pound per litre. So for every two that's, and a bit pints, there's a pound. 
people like saying the big numbers. So you always hear like, we use 20,000 pounds of strawberries or whatever, you know. Um, my other favorite thing, by the way, Tony, about Gloop lately, and maybe we can get more into this on a more nerdy show. It's pretty nerdy already. But this <laughs> one is when people say conditioned on blah, 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 fruit, you know, guava, mango, whatever. Yep. And I, and then it just comes out as straight up guava and mango. Yep. I don't, I, I doubt, I have questions about conditioning on what conditioning on means in these scenarios. Okay. I, I know this, this Creek is, is conditioned on cherries. This ah. was just mixed with it. You know, I don't know what to. Pretty simple. The majority of fermentation has taken place. For anything to be conditioned right. on, the fermentation is actually not in its major throes. And by fermentation, I mean not the fruit fermentation, which may happen a second time, but primarily turning the barley into beer. That has already taken place. Where right. you can do a bioactive transformation, and that's where you would have raw, um, unyeasted wort and fruit at the same time. Sure, but bro, you are not making Rattler and then saying, my Rattler was conditioned on lemonade. You know, you're just like stirring it up in there. You know, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> None of these beers that are saying conditioned on, I know that that's the best term to use maybe for them. But um, I would say there's a difference in, you know, um, Dreef and Tannen Creek being conditioned on, you know, cherries versus sure. cherry pie slushy XXXL. Big titties. Uh, being conditioned on, <laughs> on cherries. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if those are quite the same. And no. one pours out, like, with cherry solid sticking to the glass, you know. But no, nobody's confusing the two, I don't think. At least I'm not. I, I understand that there's a difference. I would love to. i got to find an untapped review of one of those cherry slushies where somebody <laughs> says, beautiful creek. I would love for that to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go try to run that down. All right. All right, we got four more of these things, Tony. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull another one from my list here, so I don't so we don't own the end of the show here. All right, um, this one I'm gonna call. Uh, oh yeah, you, everyone will like this one. This I'm, I'm the I'm the primary expert in this in this um, form, so we can start here. This is what I'm calling the Down by the Beach Award for the best use of coconut in a beer. And Tony, I've got we've got four here because you've thrown one into the mix. So uh, first off, I have uh, as the nominees here. Uh, first off is uh, Burial, of course, had to make an appearance. Their beer called the Shattered Remains of Nothingness, and this beer was one that had a lot of coconut in it. And I'm going to pull up the untapped right now <laughs> to make sure I can read it to you. This beer was made with 15 pounds of shredded coconut per barrel and an insane amount of malt. So they worked with 50% raw macaroon coconut and 50% house-toasted coconut. Uh, and they said it tasted like whipped Coco Lopez out-of-the-oven macaroons and gobs Ooh. of melty Mounds Bars. They had me uh, until the Mounds Bars because I hear they're, they're not good. But, uh, they, oh, they could I, just... I think Mounds Bars are fine. I don't okay. love the chocolate on a Mounds Bar, but I like the coconuts. So. See, I, I love a bounty. I don't know whether you get bounties in the States, yeah. but they're one of my favorite candies. Mm -mm. 
A Mounds Bar is just dark chocolate and a bunch of sh- sweetened shredded coconut. Yep. That's what a bounty um, is. It's just that our, ch- our chocolate for those things tastes like ass. The chocolate ah. here tastes like ass on the outside. Yep. And I don't care any I don't care because I'm so used to that flavor of like mass produced chocolate. Yep. Um, so it doesn't bug me, but whatever. People people have an aversion to it. I'm conditioned out of it. I'll eat it. I don't care. I'll eat a Reese's cup all day. Can't scare me. Um, so that's the burial one. Then there's Anchorage, of course. I had to fit in this beer. Anchorage blessed a uh, all-timer uh, for me, honestly. I love this beer. This was a blend of one- and three-year-old bourbon barrel-aged imperial stouts finished on tons of coconut and Madagascar vanilla beans. It tastes like if you took a waffle cone and filled it with bourbon-soaked German chocolate cake, then drizzled it with burnt caramel. I don't know if I got all of that, but it did taste <laughs> awesome. I thought you were coming up with that description off your head. It was that sort of <clears throat> well-read. There you go. Now, you had me fooled. Now, here, now here's another one that I've also loved, Tony. I, you, you can't, <laughs> boy, I loved all these beers, if, if you didn't know. This was extra double benthic. It was the regular benthic, the bourbon barrel age base, uh, coconut and coffee, aged on a 3x dose of toasted coconut and a 2x dose of whole bean coffee this beer fucking rocked i have a can of it with me that is one that made its way into the six pack to come with um this shit fucking kicks ass um okay and then number four for from from tony's stash is the moon dog dream cake yes um and this is one I think you talked about on the show. It was. It was one I had live on the show. It was a um, collaboration with Too Old that they oh, did. Too Old, yep. Yep. And uh, really delicious. I put it in there because it's one, it, it's my coconut recommendation. I'm not sure whether it reaches the heights of any of your three nominees, but I have a clear winner. Well. So we'll open up the envelope. Look, there's no real suspense here. It is, of course, the one and only Extra Double Benthic by Half Acre. That, to me, sounds amazing. Now, I'm a coffee beer freak. I love the stuff. Anytime it's aged on whole beans, you got me right there to add coconut on top of that and double that up and then triple that up on the coconut side. Oh, Yes, I'm there. That sounds amazing. Sounds like an amazing base beer. And that shit has been cranked up and it sounds even better. Yep, it's wonderful. And I think you made the right choice, really. As, as great as those first two beers were. And honestly, you're, the uh, Moondog was at a disadvantage, if only because it was half the alcohol of any of the other ones. Yeah, it was only it's, 9%. It's, eight, it's only 9%. I think the Burial was 16. I think the Anchorage <laughs> was 16. And the Half Acre might be 15 and a half. So, uh, <laughs> tough, tough break. <laughs> um all right, Tony. Let's do let's do your can art one. I looked up all these cans. Okay. So let's let's crank that. This one one's called "Who Cares What's Inside." I just got you because you're sexy. Um, and there are nice. two nominations from the same brewery. So the first two cans are from Dayton's um, Shark Punch Nado. Is my first nomination. Perhaps the most lacking of all the beers, but I love the can art on it. 
Um, I bought it purely based on the can. Um, it's a cool can. Um, beer number two is a Dayton, but this time, while the other one was, it was okay. This was a this was a river beer, um, good eight percent New England style hazy thing, and that is apocalypse. Apocalypso Part 2, Second Wave, and Second Wave refers to the second lockdown that we had in Melbourne. And the third, um, love the beer inside. Um, perhaps why I've got it in this category, just so I can give it a shout-out, is Waffle House by Mr Banks. Um, this is the beer that the Waffle House should have been pushing rather than the garbage that they ended up pushing. Tony, I looked at all these cans. These are all beautiful cans. <laughs> and you know you know how much I love looking <laughs> cans up on the internet. You're a can boy uh, from way back. Yep. And um, I got on ratemycans.com, and <laughs> I have chosen the winner. And the winner is... It is the Shark... It is the Shark Punch NATO, which I just love the I just love that light blue color. That's I just, know. It was an easy win for me. It was it was uh, that's just it was just a beautiful color. They Pantone chipped the hell out of that. They found <laughs> they the right sure blue and the to right use pink. on that. Yep. That just shoots it, I mean, it shoots daggers into your eyes the second like I would buy that and be like, What the hell is that? I want that. So yep. you would you would just buy that in a second. And it sounds like a tasty beer too, so Yeah, it was um, fine. Well, at least they made a good-sounding beer. Um, uh, oh, it's like a try. Oh, this seats how see this is. I'm into. Yeah, it, it was fine, but like it's the IPAs though, we don't have a ton of them. But maybe it, maybe it didn't cut quite the same way. Be yeah, better. compared to the other two in this category, it was fine. I, the only other thing I was say, I saw the Waffle House one, and I was like. Is this the Waffle House beer that we talked about? There's two, how have we talked about two? We've only done 40 shows. How have we talked about two different Waffle House beers? I don't know what we do. That, this yeah, is the real one. This problems. is the one with, with the coffees and the blueberries. and mm, mm, mm. Second best stout I've had all year. Nice. All right. Well, congrats to our friends at Dayton. Dayton's? Yeah, Dayton. close, close Dayton's enough. Whatever. I never for, pronounce uh, it the same way, same way twice. So. All right. We got uh, two more categories here. Uh I will bust through this uh, next one, and then we've got our, our big last one, which I think we I, I'd actually like to do two, pull, try to pull two winners out of actually, because oh. I think it's unfair to have just one from that one, because um, we live in different parts of the universe. So, um, my last category here is the Big Woody Award for barrel aging. Um, this is my favorite barrel aged beers. Tony didn't throw anything else in here. I have four nominees, but I'm going to um, – so uh, I, I, I have drank a lot of barrel-aged beer this year, so I think it's uh, – why, why don't you toss one out at some yep. point here, Tony, and, will. and throw one into the mix. But uh, here's mine. I have had a lot of barrel-aged beer. i got to repeat that. And I was racking my brain looking through my untapped today like, did I not – did I drink any barrel-aged non-stout that I could talk about? And I did find some, so um, – <laughs> First off, Revolution, DBVSOD. Of course. An absolute stunner. Um, just got it a couple weeks ago. It is mind-blowing. Can't recommend it enough. You know, I would say if you're if you're a trader guy, if you're buying in secondary, 
I would cough up the 30, 40, even maybe $50 to get this. I mean, I paid $50 for blessed. I would get, I would get, I would get your hand. I would get your mitts on this somehow would be my advice. Um, anniversary bourbon County stout had this recently before we left Chicago, big time winner, not nearly as barrel like forward, um, maybe that's not quite right. The right term. It doesn't have the burn that DBVSOD does. Yep. Gotcha. Um, I like the burn, I guess it should be clear. That's why I love DBVSOD. I like the little bite from the, from the barrels. Um, this is smoother. So if you're into quote unquote smoother, which nobody knows what that means, but <laughs> it has less bourbon fire at the end, yep. right? It's more like drinking bourbon with a splash of water than it is like drinking bourbon on, you know, neat, you know? Um, third, I have Anchorage again with Blessed. That beer was amazing. It had coconut in it. It's kind of unfair to stick it in this category, but it was barrel aged and it was delicious. So, and it had coconut in it. So, you know, I love that. Then fourth, I wanted to include this beer because it was a, not a stout and it was very, very delicious. Not sure I'd pick it as the winner, but you might, Tony, since you, it's your choice. This was a fantastic beer. It was the Mickler and Boone Eau de Goose aged in white vermouth. Fooders, and this was a beer I didn't really expect to love, but it was extremely good. And the Vermouth Fooders gave it almost a, um, uh, I, I don't want it, like a saison like dryness that I did not expect to get from it. And uh, I really enjoyed that beer. So um, those are my favorites uh, in the barrel age category. Tony. I'm I'm nervous, honestly, for this one because I'm wondering if you'll pick the one I would have picked, but. Okay. Who you got? Well, late nomination here. It's a um, it's a call all the way from Australia. Orcas um, did an Imperial Stout this year that I was impressed with the base beer. I thought all the variants were delicious. Uh, the standout for me was their whiskey barrel aged Imperial Stout. I gave it a five. I don't understand how it isn't just rated fives across the board. It yeah, is. I never get that. Absolutely. What you want in an imperial stout, just perfect. It had that that burn thing that you were talking about. Um, really, really nice light imperial stout. By light, I mean it was only twelve percent. So to to rate so highly by me, um, I um, I'm I'm really a fan of that beer, and I wish I could get more of it, but it's out. Um. This is a tough choice. I feel like I'm going to um, make a controversial choice here in choosing the one with all the initials. I know they've all got initials, but (laughs) DBVSOD is my winner. I feel like it's a beer we've talked about a lot on this show. Uh, I still think it's an impressive beer, um, and that's – why I've chosen it because it's got so much talk on this show. So that would be my choice. And I didn't play a drip roll. I'm going to do that now. And then you can talk about why I made the wrong choice. Tony, you're right. That was the one I was going to pick. Uh, that's my favorite beer. Um, that, was, that was the best thing I had all year, I would say. Um, that's not fair. Um, no, I don't know. Maybe it's <laughs> it's right up there with the with the Benthics. Um, yep. But I think if I had to pick a beer that was 
really dialed in, I guess, like just locked, locked in really well, not sort of, I guess, uh, you know, one of the reasons you love benthic is because you, you kind of get a different taste out of it every time you drink it, right? You're like, ooh, it's more, co- ooh, it's coconut, ooh, it's barrel, you know? Yeah. That's fun. This beer is, it's, I don't know, it's serious, I guess. It, it feels like it's taking it seriously. I know that Rev is not that type of brewery that's like, we are taking ourselves very seriously, <laughs> very, very important, you know. But this beer was very serious, and you drink it, and you're like, damn, that was serious. Like, that was <laughs> hardcore. Um, and I love that. I think that um, it's fun to have that sometimes, right? It's like drinking really nice whiskey. You yep. know what I mean? Drinking really nice bourbon. You're gonna you're gonna have a nice night. You're gonna relax. You're gonna uh, maybe maybe you're a cigar smoker. Maybe you're a you know somebody else. When something good happens, right? You want to have something that just sort of lets you relax and enjoy it, and has a nice warmth to it, and a little burn to it maybe to to when it goes down. And this is this is the one for me. So I think you made the right choice, Tony. <sighs> the anniversary is good too, by the way. But it's it's um. It's just so thick. <laughs> it's good, but it's it's a lot to take in. It's 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 heavy. Yep. Fair enough. All right. Our final award, Tony, and then we can um, kind of wrap these wrap these up. This is the award I'm calling the Beer Pimps of the Year. <laughs> it's funnier when I say it. Um, I'm laughing at my own jokes. It's good. Everybody loves that. The Beer Pimps of the Year, Tony. I know that people have some favorites as to who we're going to pick. I think we should have two winners. I think we should have an Australian and an American winner. Okay. Let, <laughs> let's so, go with the Australian nominees first. I've, yep, I've let's go for two it. in this category for um, reasons that should be pretty apparent. Uh, first is Deeds because 80% of the beer I buy is Deeds. And the other is... Local-ish to me, Sailor's Grave doing some of the most unusual combinations of flavours out there, producing really good value beer that is is going against the grain somewhat. They're doing sours and they're doing fruit beers that aren't gloop. And, yeah, they, they produce some weird stuff, always delicious, always as interesting as the ingredients say they're going to be. Really impressed by them. And I won't go into too much detail around Deeds because you all know um, how much I love Deeds. The only thing I will say is I was raving about the Nasdravi, the the Pilsner. And the guy in the local bottle shop that manages it, um, we we were talking um, after Christmas. Well, he actually messaged me saying, he just got a chance to try it. He was on antivitics before and couldn't have a beer. <laughs> so um, he'd held off until um, just after Boxing Been Day there. sometime yeah. and got to try it. And he said he was heading in first thing in the morning to grab the last four-pack if it was still there. He was wrapped in it. This is a straight-up Pilsner. That's how good they do everything. It's so good. Yeah, awesome. Very good. Who have you got? Boy, I think we, we got to pick Deeds. Uh, I can't see any anyone uh, being more reliable for you than, than Deeds. Um, yep. That's, that's what I would guess. I, I was kind of, I love, I think Sailor's Grave makes some fun looking beers, but it would be hard for me to, hard for me to choose anyone but Deeds with how, how much quality they've managed to pump out. 
yeah, they they really have pumped out so much quality, um, interesting stuff. They do the pavlova beer. There's when they do a letdown, it's a three point seven five. It's not a it's not a two beer. It's always quality yep. stuff. And their latest stout, Breakfast of Kings. Holy shit! I bought four of those cans, and they're eighteen dollars a can. Um, nice, and they are delicious. So who would you have picked? Would you have picked Deeds? Of course I would have picked Deeds. Okay. They are my go-to. See anything new from Deeds, I'm buying it. See something that I've already had from Deeds and it's yep. and it's in that sort of 50% that's an instant rebuy regardless of price. Photosphere is another one. Hummingbirds, another one from them. They do a great wooded pilsner, instant rebuy. Yes, Deeds all the way. Awesome. All right. So I've got three choices and uh, we'll do the same setup. I'm going to have you pick, and then I'm going to... I, I think I've got an idea of who I would pick. But um, I think... I, I don't know. There's some... I have some uncertainty, weirdly enough, which people will be surprised by. But um, All right. So my three uh, nominees in the U.S., in the Chicago area, beers available to me, do not... Please write me and tell me how wrong I was actually I keep saying don't write me and tell me how wrong I was do it tell me how wrong I was tell me why I didn't pick you know asshole brewing in buttfuck USA you know you you suck ass you didn't pick um you know Republican Brewing Company in shit fuck uh Wyoming uh, that makes the Trump 2024 golden ale you know uh fine you know, email me. I want to read that email online. That's all I want to do is do that. If I could fill the whole show with those emails, that would be my dream. Um, so do that. Please tell us why I should have picked your brewery. Anyways, my, my three nominees. Uh, first off, I'm going to say this is a brewery I've not talked about it as much as I should have. It's a brewery called More. Um, they made a bunch of stuff I loved. Uh, a bunch of IPAs I loved. They're from Villa Park, Illinois. Um, many IPAs I liked. Uh, I did go and pick up some fancy stout called Rada that I drank right before we left. That was delicious, a bourbon barrel-aged stout that they made with Voodoo in Pennsylvania. Um, they made a sour beer that I loved this year called Monogatari that reminded me of the beer we had at um, the Mickler Beer Celebration uh, for their uh, the annual beer they make for that celebration over in, in Denmark. Um, just a ton of very good beer. They make a lot of quality. They've been cranking out quality for, for a solid couple of years now. Um, they've had some turnover there, but, but I think over the last couple of years, they've really started to nail down their, their, their work and hell, they even had a great burger that I got to pick up and, and eat on my way home from the beer pickup. So shout out to more, um, and their distribution has expanded quite a bit, which has helped us a lot. Next up, I'm going to throw out half acre. Uh, half acre. Um, what what can you say about them that I haven't said five hundred times? They they do everything better than everybody else. Uh, IPA they do as well as anyone else in town. West Coast, East Coast, West Coast and East Coast, Midwest Coast. Six <laughs> percent uh, year round IPA is the best six percent year round IPA you'll find anywhere. Every one off New England they make is you know an all time winner. Uh, every stout they cook up now is an absolute classic 
from Catch Hell to Benthic to Original Reaper. They make a 6% dry stout that everybody loves. Um, Fader. Fader is on the shelves 100% of the time. You can drink a great Pilsner on the shelves all the time in a 12-pack, no matter what. Um, not to mention the Wild Program. So they're making the the Hut series, which is a totally wild-fermented set of beers. They're working with... Um, uh, the former brewer at Jester King and, and producing um, a second label with her, the Keeping Together label. They are on every front, they're a player. So they can, the, the, uh, a good example, a good idea for this brewery to think about is a good example or a challenge for, for everyone else, I guess, in Chicago is if you brew in any niche, you're competing with Half Acre. You're dealing with half acre. If you make lager, you got to deal with half acre. You make wild beer, half acres in the market. You make IPA, uh-oh. <laughs> what about those guys? You make big ass sweet stout. They're they're coming for you, you know. Yep. So they are winning in every space, and uh, they're amazing. And I, uh, they're they're workhorses. Yeah, you you wouldn't believe it how how much great beer they pump out. Uh, not to mention their tap room, which was, uh, or their patio, I guess, which was a real treat for, for Kelly and I to get to go to. It was the first place we went uh, kind of after, you know, many months of quarantine. And it was very clean, very safe, very well organized, very treated their employees very well, very safe. You could tell they cared. Um, it, was, it was excellent. So shout out to them. Uh, the last one I'm going to throw out is, of course, Burial. Uh, Burial sent me a lot of beer this year. Um, I bought pretty much everything I could get from them. Uh, they crank out. They did. They, they talk about just cranking beer out. They're just cranking beer out. There's a stout every week. There's two IPAs every week. There's a lager every month or two. There's um, the occasional sour beer, although their sour beer sort of has the heartburn quality to it. But um, their beers are lovely. I love the IPA. I think they make my favorite New England IPA in the in the country. Um, their lagers have been nice. The stouts are certainly pastry sweet stouts. They're not barrel aged, you know, not all of them, not most of them, <clears throat> but it's fun for a nice sugary dessert stout. And the beers are wonderful and they show up right on my doorstep without a doubt every Wednesday or Thursday. And they're, they're going to keep doing that here in Vegas. So for the amount of <clears throat> beer they just cranked out and put into my fridge, that that deserves a lot of credit, not to mention how delicious it was. So. Burial, which got a lot of airtime here, is 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 my last one. So, Tony, who you got? More Half Acre Burial. What's your fave? It can be only one. You've spoken about them at length. While you tried to sell me on Half Acre during this nomination process, the award goes to Burial. It is an invoice you just pay every week. They are that good at cranking out beers. They are true pimps. They are slinging you crack like you wouldn't yep. believe. They they do it every week. We'll continue to do it every week in Vegas, and you'll be drinking sweet dessert stouts in 110 degree weather in half, January. Half Acre is the classy one burial is the pimps they're just they're kick they're kicking out content they're kicking out material there's always something at my doorstep from those guys they don't they don't stop and you gotta um, get yourself a little taste and you gotta get yourself a taste of all of it and they're always hounding you for money it's a problem <laughs> 
Uh, half acre doesn't hound you for money. They just sort of put their stuff out there. They're like, hey, if you want it, whatever. Um, nope, I think that's the right choice, uh, especially with the name of the category. Although I do love half acre, I got to shout those guys out. They've they've killed it this year. Oh, I'm no doubt, and they've they've been spoken about at length on this show. That's for sure. But if if there's one thing that was consistently turning up at your doorstep like a drug, which it's a let's drug. be honest, sweet stout, sweet dessert stouts are a drug. Um, it w- it could only be one, and that was burial. And I'm I'm glad you threw in more when it was written on the page with the nominees. I really thought more was just you were going to add more to that category, and you just hadn't hadn't oh, yeah. gotten around to it. <laughs> But, no, um, yeah, no, it's a real brewery name. More, um, yep. didn't talk about them a ton, but I, you know, I thought about sort of the beers I love this year, and are the ones that were in my fridge a lot, and those are the ones. Yep. More and Burial really became the uh, the IPA, uh, you know, of, of choice, and and sort of other stuff, you know, fridge fridge fodder of choice, you know, which was great. All right, well, Tony, we did it. We uh, we cranked out the Drippies 2020. Get ready for the 2021 version. We have to start. We better start drinking, Tony. We can't. No oof. time for dry January. We got to start testing out. You know who, who's going to win next year. Well, I do have some party in the border still left in the fridge because I bought eight of those suckers. I love me some gloop. Mm-hmm. I'll do my best to get through it in time. 2021, the year that we will see Mamma Mia pizza beer again, right? That's the goal. Fingers crossed. If we don't see, if we don't see Mamma Mia pizza beer again this year, it's going to be pretty depressing for all of us. Very depressing. Um, all right. So if people want to contact us, where can they find us, Griff? Yes, of course. So, uh, guys, if you want to email us, do it. Tell me how wrong I was on these awards. Tell me how much you hate me. Tell me how much you love Donald Trump brewing or whatever I said it was. I forgot. Um, go to, uh, you can send us an email. You don't have to go to it. You can just email us at your own Gmail, uh, or whatever, uh, beer engine show at gmail.com Instagram beer engine pod. That's us. We got pictures of beer. Tony was going haywire on the content this week. Cause I was driving across the country. Thank you, Tony. You're welcome. Twitter, we are also beer engine pod, uh, Instagram. I already said that <laughs> untapped. I'm Griff AD. Tony is St. Maz. Uh, check out our check-ins um, where I'm checking in, I don't know, whatever I picked up across the nation this week. Tony is checking in whatever Deeds beer he has in his hand and maybe some <laughs> random lager and gloop. Um, what else? I think that's it, Tony. That's, that's where you can find it. Oh, and get on our Discord, dudes. Get on the Discord, dudes and ladies. Come check us out. We are um, just DM me. And I will give you the Discord link, and you can come party with us. Um, I'm on there sometimes. Uh, maybe I'm gonna now that we're in Vegas. I'm gonna try to do some Friday night, Friday evening happy hour type hangs. So get on there, come say hi, come chit chat with us, and, and we'll be out there. Uh, I think that's good, Tony. Anything else? Any other parting words for the for the fans after the? Uh, we didn't give them a monologue today in the awards show. No Jimmy Kimmel style like song and dance. No, I, I can't wait till I'm re-employed again because a week without employment with me, how am I going to survive, especially in a pandemic? I suppose I do have that sweet $600 stimulus check to get me through. I, yeah, we actually did get my – yeah, the, we, I got a little nice stimmy. It's all pretty much sta- – it's all reserved in stouts right now. So well, I was going to say, you, me, you mean 
burial got a nice six hundred dollar stimulus check. Mm-hmm. That's about right. Yep. Yeah. All right, gang. Until next week. See you later.